cons are coming! Proudly presented by Cheesy Poofs, brand snack foods. I love Cheesy Poofs. You love Cheesy Poofs. If we didn't eat Cheesy Poofs, we'd be lame! I am Rylan Grant, screenwriter, Ringle award-winning creator of fine comics like Aberrant, Banjax, and now Suicide Jockeys. The other voice in the dark, the man in the box to the left is... David Avalone, filmmaker, comic book writer, and lame because I do not like cheesy poops. Oh, wow. We might have to end this. Uh, God, it's tough to see it, uh, it all blow up like this. Uh, <laughs> oh, blind I don't know yeah. if I can continue. Might have to start this over. Um, if you missed any of our previous conversations, uh, less offensive conversations now, uh, episodes featuring comic luminaries like David F. Walker, Matt Fraction, Stan Sakai, Kevin Eastman... Uh, and many, many, many more, excuse me, uh, our entire catalog can be celebrated via YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of worthwhile ear crack. So double on back and check it out. Um, great show today, as always, but we have uh, a couple of books to pimp. So uh, go ahead, Evelyn, you go first. I have uh, Elvira Meets Vincent Price coming out in August. And as I've said before on the show, if if you like it, the title will probably explain everything that you are interested in about the book. Uh but there, it does actually have a plot. The plot is that maybe there's this lost film that will save the Earth from being destroyed by the return of an Egyptian demigod. Because, you know, comic books. And uh, I think by the time this goes live, there's going to be a Kickstarter for an Elvira book. Elvira's 40th... No, this won't be the 40th anniversary. That's also coming. It will be The Wrath of Khan the sequel that's con with a c the sequel C-O-N, to wow. the omega mam because nice. it's all this will be our road warrior our dawn of the dead our uh wrath of khan our empire strikes back to the omega mam saga starring elvira and zombies and it takes place at san diego pop culturama not to be confused in any way with any of the topics we're discussing today and ryland what do you got coming soon I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm still trying to get over the cheesy poos comment and the uh, the fact that we just broke news that Elvira is re- returning to Kickstarter. So um, this is an action-packed show. Uh, my latest and greatest book it is a Tokusatsu joint uh, titled Suicide Jockeys. It will be released uh, via SourcePoint Press uh, in comic shops in August. You can run down to your local comic shop right now and pre-order the entire run. Uh, so do that and do that now. Um, in a nutshell, uh, Fast and the Furious meets Voltron. Uh, it is badass. It is swaggery. It is a love letter to um, uh, a certain sort of uh, um, subgenre of, of 90s action movies, uh, big swaggery uh, uh, type stuff like uh, Con Air and The Rock and uh, Armageddon and uh, Face Off. Um, you know, some of my favorite films, some of the films I like to uh, just kind of put on the background while I'm writing. They sort of seeped into my uh, my my fit this time, uh, but it's awesome. It's fun. It's uh, it's the funnest book I've ever written. So go check it out. It won't uh, disappoint. Um, but yeah, let's bring the guests on. We're we're yammering too much. Carla Nappy and oh. David Barron. Howdy, Carla, howdy. Tell, us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Me? Yes, you. Yes, me. <laughs> Um, so I am a comic book writer. I'm also a television writer. I was born and raised in New Jersey, and I've worked on both Ooh. coasts in film and TV. And I met Ryland at a comic book writing class and fell in love with the medium, and I've been doing it ever since. And my first book, Duplicant, is in stores now. Nice. 
and Mr. Barron. My name is David Barron. I've been a comic book professional for over 25 years. I've worked on JLA, Batman, um, tons of stuff. Uh, I have a creator owned called Stained. I have another uh, young readers book coming out called The Cobblestone Chronicles with the artist Elisa Wiki. And um, yeah, you could find me anywhere you can find comics. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, we usually like to start out with the topic, and the one that's been on our minds recently, and I know on yours a little bit, is conventions coming back. As I was just talking about, the Elvira book takes place at uh, San Diego, so conventions have been much on my mind. I have not yet been back to one, but I'm starting to put out those feelers, as I know we all are. And um, Carla, what are your feelings about going back to cons, and what have you got planned? Um, well, I went to one con already, which was like this super tiny convention. I got a free table. It was out in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. And I went in to set up my table and it was I, like, I'm laughing because she, te she texted yeah, me. Yeah, he knows what happened. I'm not, I'm not being a jerk. I just, I, I just know where this is headed. So I'm sorry, Carla, go ahead. So was, like, you know, I had reached out to them when I saw that they were having this little convention. I was like, oh, this could be cool, right? And, you know, they offered me the free table. And I, it was before I had gotten my first shot. I think I was scheduled for my first shot at that point, but I hadn't gotten it yet. So I was still like a little nervous. But I was like, well, let's just see what happens. And so I rushed around because I had like 24 hours notice to get like a table, to get a chair, to like get everything you need, like the square card, the money. And I don't live in an area where doing this is easy. Like everything is at least a 45 minute drive. So I go to set up my table and it's this, I couldn't even find the convention. Because <laughs> like, I'm driving down the road trying to find it. And I'm like, where, there's no signs, there's no nothing. And I finally turn into this one place and I'm like, there's like five cars here, is this the place? And I walk in and I'm like, oh my God, this is the place. There's like five tables. None of them are comic book people. It's all just oh, like boy. people selling whatever they've made at home. And there's like a bouncy house. And then there's like a stage. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I sold one book the whole weekend and they had me talk, but I came on after they had done a karaoke thing. So they had, what are the, the deaf fighters in Star Wars? that, um, oh, I don't remember their names. They have like the helmets with like the bunch, it looks like a bunch of different eyepieces on it. Mm, anyway, it, they don't talk in Star Wars. And so right. they grunted to Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> Are you talking about the sand people? Yes, yes, thank you, the sand ah, people. Not okay. the Jawas, but the, yeah, the yeah, sand no. people. Yeah. Sand people. Okay. Yes. Sorry, okay, I couldn't so, get past that part. I had to know. <laughs> yeah, I had to know. Okay, so yeah, so they they had someone there dressed like a sand person grunting through Ice Ice Baby, and they basically like kicked him off the stage <laughs> to have me come up, and everyone left because no one was interested in hearing me talk. It was the guy that set up my mic and like one other person. <laughs> I was I it. just wanted to see the sand people grunt, yeah. Yeah. One does. So this was like what West Bethlehem Pop Culture Con? <laughs> it was something like that. I don't even remember the name of it at this point. I was just like, I'm so glad I didn't pay for the table. Because <laughs> I think it... even Gettysburg would have a bigger comic book convention than that. Okay. That sounds too small for Gettysburg. Yeah, it was insane. It was crazy. And of course, like that was at the point when everyone was required to still wear masks, and no one was policing it. And so of course, like we had 
the usual people from this area because it's so conservative that weren't. So it was like, at least the doors were open, so I felt safer. But I was just like, I hope this isn't the way it is going forward. Going and to and you and the sand person was masked, so that you know, they're always very good with the high. With, with, <laughs> with their, yeah. their plague hygiene is very good. <laughs> yeah. That's and there was doing. someone there dressed as a plague doctor. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So there were there were there managed to be cosplayers among the five parked cars. Yes, there managed to be quite a a, a lot of cosplayers actually. <laughs> Funnily enough. That is wild to me. Yeah. And uh, David, what are your what are your initial thoughts going forward about cons? Uh, I I can't wait. So I've I've already had one signing. I had it at uh, Brave New World Comics, um, and this was after my vaccine, after both doses. Um, and I was lucky enough to get my vaccine pretty early uh, in my area. Um, we had a lot of people that didn't want him, and so I was able to show up and just be on a waiting list. And because uh, my area actually had uh, at the time like the most wasted doses. So when I found that out, I was like, oh, well, I'm gonna go show up. And it was it was no problem whatsoever. I got my uh, dose really easily. Um, Can I ask what your area is? Uh, I'm in Riverside County of, of California. That, yeah. that tracks. So east, east of, uh, yeah, east of LA. <laughs> um, it's, um, it, it's a good area, I like my area. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was just, you know, easy for us. Uh, so I, I had both doses, but we, you know, we. My, my son hasn't, and so we're still cautious about stuff. So what we did is um, I was talking to Andy, who owns Brave New World, and I said, let's make it a ticket event, something I don't normally do. Um, I said, let's make it a ticket event where let's charge some money to get the fans that we really want there, and we're going to make sure that we give them not only what they paid for in merchandise, but more. Um, mm -hmm. And so we charged we charged some, you know, some money. It was a huge event. I was there for, I think, five, five straight hours of signing. Um, we were hoping for, yeah, we were hoping for a two hour event and, and my events there always seem to go along. Um, but we were there for a good amount of time. People were waiting, I think like two hours before I got there. Um, you know, cause wow. they wanted to be first in line. It was, it was, it was really nice that to see how many people were ready to, you know, get back to a signing. Um, so that was really successful. There, and were, I did, were, were there, were there lawn chairs and umbrellas? Because that, that that's when we'll know that like, you know, we're back to normal. Right. Um, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think there was, there definitely wasn't umbrellas, uh, but there might've been a chair or two. Yeah. I have some pictures okay, nice, when I nice. walked we're, in we're, and yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Was it yeah, tied it, to the release of a particular book? Uh, that's what I'm trying to think. Um, yes, we, uh, I think it was one of my Dune covers. I think I was signing ah. for Dune, but in reality, cool. oh no, it was baby teeth. Uh, so we did my Dune covers, but I did a, a Donnie Cates baby teeth book. Um, okay. where I did a, a, a exclusive cover for them and uh, one of my favorite covers of, of, you know, holding up, uh, the antichrist baby. And, uh, it was really, uh, it was, I know it sounds so dark, but really it was kind of, kind of cute. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but the, the whole, ex yeah, the whole experience was good. It was good to see fans that I saw, you know, I haven't seen for over a year that, you know, are my regulars that came, new people that came. It was good for a lot of people. And everyone at Brave New World was super respectful. They all had masks on. At that time, the, um, you know, mandate was to wear it. They all had them. Um, and we were inside, you know, rotating. We kept a, a limited amount of people inside. And um, I didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel worried at all. It actually made me look forward to conventions a little bit more that the comic book community as a whole even you know whatever side you want to 
you know, say you're on or if you're in the middle, I think on a whole, everyone's quite respectful to creators. And uh, so I feel pretty safe about uh, the way I want to be treated is the way that fans will treat me. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've already signed, signed up for New York Comic Con. I've signed up for um, a local con in Ontario. Uh, I have um, potential in Denver, potential in uh, San Diego, uh, if it does a November show, which sounds like it's, it's not, but um, and a couple other places this year. And then next year, I plan to, you know, hit my full full boat of, you know, Emerald City Comic Con, um, uh, Heroes Con, uh, Denver Comic Con, and and you know some others. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Phoenix Fan Fusion, uh, um, I think is in January. I'm looking forward to that one as well. So nice. Yeah, Andy's great, and that's a great shop, and they have yeah. a really nice fan base based around them. I know Andy is also a rabid Dune fan. So he must have been he very, is. very excited. If I remember correctly, he has "Fear is the Mind Killer" like tattooed on him somewhere. Is that? Am I remembering that right? He has a lot of those type of tattoos. Yes. I think yeah. Andy has a Benny. I'm pretty sure Andy has yeah. a Benny Gesserit tattoo on him, which is very impressive to me. I lack the. I don't even like wearing a T-shirt with something on it. Just committing, <laughs> committing to having that one thought all day. It's a lot. Yeah. I don't know if I can. I, do that. I'm. I'm with you on that. It's. It's. <laughs> Yeah, clearly. I always have uh, so, I always have something on there. Um, yeah, I mean, for for me, the con stuff is, um, it, you know, it's weird. I mean, I've, I've been so busy with other stuff. I mean, just you know, there's film, TV stuff, and four year old stuff, and we're getting fucking solar panels on the house stuff, and um, and so there's all that. And then um, I started doing, um, you know, I started doing press for this book I have coming out for Suicide Jockeys, um, and. Um, and of course you start to think, okay, well, I'm going to have to do a signing for this, but I don't know, that, that doesn't feel like that big a deal to me. You know, like, um, I mean, I, I, you know, I have both my shots and, and, and going, I, you know, I guess going into a comic, going into a comic shop is almost, I mean, you know, it's, they're smaller, you know, it's almost like, a, I mean, as far as the danger is concerned, you know, uh, uh, there, there's maybe more, um, maybe more possibility for it there in kind of a small contained place, but that, that wasn't concerning to me, but, I didn't really start thinking about the con question until I started doing all these interviews for suicide jockeys and it would get to, you know, I, it was probably five or six interviews. I would get to the end of the interview and they'd be like, so when are you going back to cons or, you know, Hey, how are cons going? And, and, you know, I mean, the first interview I was just kind of like broadsided, you know, and then, <laughs> and then I, you know, like, well, shit, maybe I should start thinking about this. I start talking to other creators and like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to wade in the water. So I start to wade into the water. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the the first thing that happened is I got an overture from uh, from Lexington uh, Comic Con, um, which is which is a great con. But I don't get to travel too much for for cons, unfortunately. I mean, again, my day job is pretty demanding, and I have a four year old at home. So, you know, head, heading off to New York as as great as that is, it's it's not really in the cards too much. Um, uh, but I had to take a long look at Lexington. Like, when I have some family in, in Kentucky, it, it, it'd be nice to see them. But when I looked at the website, the first thing I saw was that both Martin Cove and William Zabka were, uh, were, were on the bill as, uh, as headliners. And so the idea of headlining uh, uh, next to uh, uh, Sensei John Kreese and, uh, <laughs> and Johnny Lawrence was, was, was a little bit too much for me. It was like I had to take a serious look at that. I don't think that it's going to work out. Uh, um, but I was in the tractor beam for a while. But, um, yeah, I mean, the California cons, it's... Uh, 
Um, I mean, it's back on, you know, if there was one tomorrow, I would, I would do it. Um, I took a hard look at that Ontario con. Um, is it Comic-Con Revolution? Is that, is that the one? Uh, yeah. David? Yeah. 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 And so I took, I took a long look at that one. Um, that's not a con I usually hit, but I'm so kind of hungry for them, uh, that, that I, I took a long look at it. Um, when San is Diego, when is, when is it? The Ontario one, do you know offhand? Uh, I want to say December. Okay. Yeah. I, wonder, I, I noticed to, like Emerald City yeah. is doing a December one, but it doesn't preclude them doing a March one. I heard from an insider that they just they kind of got an offer they couldn't reviews from the convention center, and they're desperate for money, so they decided they to. I, do one in I I wish, yeah, I wish them all the best. There's yeah. no way I'm going to Seattle. All books and art and yeah, and yeah. just life with it's just soaking wet. Same with C two E two in in Chicago, yeah. which is in December. I'm not going, you know, to fly in and get stuck there. We're too, too busy of a schedule. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if I lose, if I lose just hours getting home, you know that that could cost a book going to the publisher, and that can cost me like you know some right. some credit. Um, you know, as I pride myself on always being on time, but you know when I work for companies. It, with the Ontario ones, my first time ever going, uh, I have a buddy that runs it. He's been really good to me um, for, you know, 15 years of cons. He's ran, you know, a lot of other cons. I've never checked it out. I've only heard good things about that one. So I wanted to try to hit it. Uh, previous years, it always uh, conflicted with another show. And right. so it, so I, I've never done it. But I'm looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, Ontario, no, I, isn't, I, Ontario isn't far from you out in Riverside. Like that no, is it's like forty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's like forty-five minutes. So, I mean, going going up there, I mean, it's a little bit closer. You know, it's uh, it's it's WonderCon esque, a little bit closer than that from where I'm at. That the biggest thing for me is I don't want shows to just do it. I want them to do it yeah. right. I don't want them yeah. being like, oh, we're at we 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 had this booking, we're getting this offer, and we're doing because because everyone seems to just be throwing a show together, and it's like yeah. one yeah. real professionals. Um, uh, and I use real as in just people that are constantly working in comic books. Um, yeah. said, we have day jobs. We have like other jobs that we have to do. We can't just drop everything and go. We need to plan. And even for like New York Comic Con, I can't just drop and go. Um, yeah. You know, we, we got we to gotta plan in advance. And the earlier we plan in advance, the cheaper it is for us to go. If you try to book something late, I remember I had um, for New York Comic Con, and they've been really good to me as well. So I'm not I'm not bad mouthing by any means. Uh, but when I was trying to get information on it, um, I was like, "Am I in?" Because I have this flight for from LAX to JFK uh, for like two hundred dollars round trip, and that would cut it down. And that flight is already I think like to four hundred round trip. And so if I'm trying to bring my wife and my son or Oh, yeah. an assistant or anything like that to help, you know, the, the five day show, four day show, all of a sudden my, my price is just, you know, doubled, if not, you know, quadrupled, you know? And so it's one of those things that we try to plan. So all these shows are just kind of throwing it together and saying, Oh, we're on, you know, it's like, that's why I kind of like say San Diego comic-con, like they, they say they're still doing in November, but we're in July, yeah. you know, yeah. people have to plan. Um, and I know companies and I used to do this actually, uh, when I did, when I tabled at San Diego all the time, I would plan that show for a year. Like, this is what I'm going to do for that year, uh, where I have, you know, workers planned. I had, you know, product planned where it's, it's, they're big drops. 
you can't just do shows, you know, showing up um, all the time. There are shows that you can do it. Yeah. It's just, those are more local shows that you drive to. Ontario is one of them. Ontario, I could, you know, book the day before and just show up, yeah. you know, cause I drive there. Yeah. Well, then there's, a, there's, a, there's the logistical stuff and then there's like the social element also, right? It's like, I, I mean, that, that ends up being the big thing for me is that like half the show for me is, is the, it's doing this. You know, I mean, there's a reason why we started this podcast is because right. you know who you're, you know who you're going to see there. Somebody you haven't seen right. in, in, you know, in, in now in two years, maybe uh, they're going to be there. You're going to have time with them. You're going to get uh, three, four, five, six people that aren't normally in a room together are going to get together, and you're going and 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 it's going to be interesting. You know, uh, uh, you know, some of my best con experiences are, you know, I, I have a table next to Avalonis, you know, and, 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 and we spend, you know, we spend three days uh, just working together and cracking jokes and, and, and yeah. bust on that person. And I have David Pepos on the other side of me and, and, you know, it is, it is a like family atmosphere. And when you start to kind of like break things up, like you're talking about um, when there isn't that normal kind of flow of, this is when it's going to happen. This is how you prepare. Then you get there and none of that is there, right? It is this right. like disjointed experience. Only half the people are there. I mean, with the, with San Diego, it's like, you know, are they doing it or aren't they doing it? But if they're doing it, they're doing it like Thanksgiving weekend, which is like absurd, you know? So normally with any San Diego event, I would, I would go down, I'd get a hotel. I'd be there the entire time. I'd set up camp. It would be an experience now. Like I, I can't do that on Thanksgiving weekend. So like, so maybe I take a train down for one day and I do some right. pop-ins and I, and I, and I, I bop around the tables and shake some hands and then I have to get the fuck out. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm home at night or whatever. And it's I think, just, uh, I think their Thanksgiving weekend thing is very much like the Emerald city December thing. It's not to replace the con that they're going to do again next summer. And with Emerald city, it's not going to replace their usual March show. It's we're broke. We really want to drag in some revenue in yeah. calendar year 2021 so we have something going on i personally think there should be at least one con on thanksgiving weekend every year there should be a i have no family my family hates me con uh <laughs> for people who have it's that or go to palm springs for me so i'd rather go yeah. honestly uh i've already booked a hotel room i hope i don't have to cancel it um if i do i mean my wife was like it's one of our favorite hotels. We can go down there anyway and spend three days in San Diego, con or no con. I was like, well, that's a valid perspective on that. But yeah, I mean, there's also, we haven't talked about, you know, there's the social aspect and there's the business aspect of, you know, tabling, making money, whatever you do with that. There is also the business aspect of, I'd say 80% of the jobs I've gotten in the comic book industry, I have gotten over drinks at a convention, like the offer, the initial offer, or the, I will call you when I get back to my desk on Monday conversation happened at a con. And even without that aspect, you know, 80% of the work I do is for dynamite. I see my editor in chief face to face, either at New York or San Diego. And I once in at Emerald city. Like that's when we actually get to see each other face to face. Otherwise it's emails for a year. Um, right. The occasional phone conversation when something comes up that requires uh, more back and forth. But it is wild, you know, that comics is such a global business. David Acosta has probably drawn 20, 70 to 75% of my comics pages that I've written. Never met the man. He lives in the Midwest. He can't make it out to San Diego. I've never been to... Motor City Comic Con or, you know, 
some someone suggested to me I ask about a Cleveland con and you know they're they were looking for guests and I was like my only interest in going to a convention in Cleveland is that I could call Dave Acosta and go come to a Cleveland can I get you to Cleveland like can I can I at least get you to drive down from Dearborn to Cleveland that's not asking so much uh, it, it is asking a lot of someone who lives in the Detroit area to go to well, Cleveland I'm, I'm sorry I'm, I'm from I'm from Detroit I, I would if you know I would sooner fly to Paris uh, uh, than drive down to Cleveland. Uh, at a moment's notice so um it it is the city of lights though um and i think it's called that i I think it's called that because the uh cuyahoga river was at one point in the 70s so polluted that it caught fire um (laughs) (laughs) i remember that uh yeah i mean so so i think for me i mean it it is like i I mean uh uh, david david baron i mean uh, uh you're you're right in that like i feel like you need runway for this stuff you know and so I, I miss New York, um, you know, for, for a couple of reasons. One, I wasn't yet tuned in. I was lost in all this other stuff. Um, but, you know, but two, like, because, you know, day job and kid and all that yeah. stuff, and I don't think it was yeah. going to be possible. But it's like, but but I have regret now because it seems like New York is like the first big party. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to be missing a ton there. Like, you know, uh, you know, this was one where, um, you know, New York is weird in terms of who they allow to have tables and all that stuff. And, and, and usually every year it's like, Oh man, New York rejected me again. Ah, shit. You know, fuck New York, man. I'm never going back there. All that stuff. Um, and I, I remember it was, um, I mean the, it was basically like the last go round, you know, the last go round, they, they, they really had a con there. Um, they had a mishap where they like mistakenly uh, sent rejections to like half the professionals that were supposed to be accepted. (laughs) And like people were living about that. Like, man, I'm never going to New York again. Um, You know, but, but this was the year where my entire like Facebook Twitter feed was like, accepted New York York. milestone, accepted New York. Can't wait to go to New York. And so now like literally everyone I know is going to fucking New York and I'm going to miss it. Um, And it's, uh, and I'm, I'm a little bit sad about it. So, you know, that's going to be the, you know, that's going to be the first big party. I mean, I think the, the first big party that I'm going to be able to attend is it looks like LA comic con in December. It looks like, you know, that'll be one where kind of the LA comic family really kind of gets together and yeah. A lot of people starting the table there and you know even though that's not i mean that's not new york it's not san diego it's not um i mean my, my favorite con to tell you the truth are the long beach cons because because yep. it, it, it you know it is they're they're big enough um uh where where they're meaningful but they're kind of small enough where it still is like a family atmosphere and 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 you feel like you're I don't know. You feel like you're going to like an exclusive club rather than, and it feels like a comic con instead of like the last Marvel movie con or the next Marvel movie con or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I liked Long Beach back when it was just in that single room upstairs. Yeah. Do you do you remember that when it was just the yeah, smallest yeah. smallest room? And and then they grew, and I, I I was enjoying that it you know that it grown, but I was hoping that it would still kind of keep that you know nice charm you know, about it. Cause that's what separated it from LA comic-con or, you know, San Diego comic-con and with San Diego, you know, talking about like the whole business side and like what we do socially. The one thing that San Diego, San Diego is so hard to find people and it's so hard to um, get from one, one place to another that I don't really like to do San Diego comic-con anymore. I actually do bar con at San Diego comic-con. And so for three hours, I post up at this pub called the field which is really close uh, to the convention center. And I do that for um, Thursday and Friday. And so you can come see me for free, whether you have a ticket or not, because so many people at San Diego go just for the experience and they can't even go inside. 
And so my bar con has been actually growing and growing and growing. And most people um, uh, that come back, they all messaged me uh, saying, when, when San Diego comes back, is Barcon coming back? And I said, absolutely. Because, you know, who, you know, who wants a table at San Diego? You know, it's like, it's one of those awesome. messes, but now with November coming back, everything going crazy. I'm thinking like, Oh, maybe I will table. I don't know. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a tough, it's a tough call. You gotta, we gotta wait and see like, and the only way to know is to go, like you're saying, yep. you know, all your friends are going to New York. Well, how many people are not going to New York? you know, like did it open up spots? So that's good for a lot of young people in the industry. I'm not talking about age, but in terms of experience yeah. to get their first time to experience New York Comic Con and maybe it will stick for them in the long run, um, you know, since they got to table once. Uh, so that's kind of good too. Like there's, I always try to look at the silver linings because, you know, if, it, if it's not working out for someone, maybe it's an opportunity for someone else. And that could be a really good thing, not only for them individually, but for the comic book industry as a whole. Yeah, that that thing of doing something at Comic San Diego that people without badges can get to, I think it was last year, might have been two or last San Diego or two San Diegos ago. I had a bar event with uh, a ticketed bar event with Kevin Eastman for supporters of our Kickstarter thing, and there were four people that had driven in from you know Palm Desert, wow. and we were like, "Are you enjoying the con?" And they were like, "No, we're here for this party. We're here for yeah. the Kevin Eastman event." And to meet Kevin Eastman and you and take pictures with you. And we're getting in the car and driving back to Palm Desert uh, after the party at 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, oh, Jesus, be drive safe, kids. Have a coffee. Let me buy you a cup of coffee. <laughs> but I, you know, the version of that that I do is, you know, I have a I have a, uh, a, a headquarters bar at San Diego that most people who know me know about. And if they can't find me, they try me there. And inevitably I am there. Um, and that's, you know, almost, it's not quite as good as having a booth, but you're having a table, but inevitably you are there and you are always talking with someone extremely interesting. I think the first time I bumped into you, you there, you were lucky, talking with, you were, you were talking with Neil from Freaks and Geeks. Uh, um, you know, that, that, that was a good one. You know, I think Eric Estrada was next to you one time. Uh, it, it's always, uh, it's always Apolloni and, and, and some very interesting, uh, uh, person. Well, um, I am so, very, I am very lucky in that, in that respect. I, I have a lot of interesting friends from knocking around show business for thirty-four <laughs> years. It, 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 yeah, but that, but, but, but you know, David Barron's point of like it is so hard to connect with people uh, at, at San Diego is you know because again, like if Apolloni and I do, um, if we do uh, Long Beach together, we literally like. Spend yeah. Long Beach together. If we, were in, San, if we were in San Diego together, like we see each other one time at this bar he's talking about, and I have to go to that bar to find him. Um, it was a little, little bit different with Carla and I because Carla and I tend to room together with like a you know a, like a, a larger crew. There'll be five of us. We'll share a house or something like that. And so I get to you know I get to see Carla at the end of the day. You know, um, if I'm signing at a table. Uh, uh, you know, for a couple hours or something like that, people know where to come find me or whatever, and and that's where I have my conversations. Otherwise, you are like wandering around this fucking labyrinth, uh, <laughs> dodging like you know sweaty stormtroopers and, and and God knows what else. Um, well, and, and, it's, and it's I would tough. say, like what David Barron was saying, like I've had days at San Diego and at New York Comic Con at both of those cons where I either missed the con floor completely or spent two hours on it. And then the rest of the day 
was in yeah. meetings and social things, not on the floor. Was having coffee with people off the floor, having lunch with people off the floor, having dinner with people off the floor, and having drinks with people off the floor, and maybe walking through the floor <laughs> once, waving at people. And I, like in New York Comic Con, I spend, I'd say, my favorite thing about New York Comic Con is the segregation of Artist Alley from mm -hmm. the big room that those two things don't compete with each other and the people who are in Artist Alley are actually interested in comic books and art yeah. and things like that. So plenty of times I've gone to New York Comic Con and only been in Artist Alley for, you know, three, four hours. And then I'm like, okay, I'm ready to, that, that was it for the day. Well, that, that brings, I mean, and that, and that kind of sums up my Comic Con experience. I have this thing where I have to be at my table unless I have a, a, a scheduled signing at a publisher or a panel. I'm at my table 24 seven, you know, I, I, I feel bad if someone comes and walks, especially a large, especially the big comic cons, they walk all the way to my table for me to sign a book and I'm not there. Yeah. Their whole, you know, their whole game plan. Cause when I was, when I'm still a fan, but when I was a, a fan that just walked around to get signatures when I was really young, I game planned everything. And I know everyone still does. I've seen the list that pop on my table where like, Hey, this book, this book, and they, you know, have to carry stuff and it gets harder and harder as the, as it goes. But one thing I want to talk about, uh, that Ryland brought up that I didn't even think about is room sharing. How is that mm -hmm. going to change? Because you may not want a room with five people. You may, you know, like, who do you trust? Like there's people we like, but yeah. it's sometimes like, cause I room, I room a lot with John Lehman. I'll trust him, him and I will, you know, I'll still go with him and, and, but there's people that don't even want to fly right now. And it's not so much because they're afraid to get sick. It's more that they're afraid that someone's going to overreact over, you know, a kid or a Pepsi or, you know, who knows. Uh, and the flight get delayed. Like we, you know, there's so much going on right now, um, you know, in America with the way we interact socially that there's a lot of variables out there that we did not have to deal with, you know, three years ago to, you know, more. You know, so it's, it's an interesting time. So New York will be um, my first flight show where, you know, I really want to travel, thinking about bringing my family just so I have that support network. But, mm -hmm. you know, other than that, everything I'm looking at right now is very local. If those local shows don't go well, you know, why would I ever fly to Kansas City or North Carolina or Denver right. if, you know, if these ones don't go well? So it, these... And that goes back to not just willy nilly, you know, uh, you know, throwing a show together. Like, you know, we hope that these fir first shows go well because, in a way, um, you know, as Carla's test subject, I've been a test. You know, we don't we don't want to be guinea pigs, you know, for it. And ultimately, that the people that go out there, the professionals that go out there for the first time, they are guinea pigs. And you know, when when I come back and report, you know, to you guys, like, oh. New York was amazing. You did miss out. Or I'm going to come back and say there was a lot wrong with it. You know, yeah. let's hope that they, you know, are actually bringing it back the way it needs to. Because ultimately, you know, as we talked about in the very, very beginning, we can't waste our time. I can't, I can't waste, you know, not only my own money to go out, get my hotel, get my plane ticket, my food, staying away from my actual work, you know, for five days, six days, right. um, especially for a big show like New York if it's not going to give me something in return. And I'm not necessarily talking about financially, but I'm talking about how, how David, you brought up, you know, talking to the editors, what if they're not there. Well, there goes that Ryland said, right. you know, yeah. he's not going, a lot of his friends are not going, but what if my friends and my people that I connect with aren't there? And then the way 
uh, Carla brought up at her show, what happens if I only sell one book, you know, and I'm lugging, you know, like not only is the, the ego is a strong word, but not only, you know, am I, um, you know, a, a little depressed from that experience, but there is all that other work of financially just recouping what I put into that show. So I hope that cons are, are remembering that mm-hmm. it's a two way street that they, they operate and they advertise. They can't just, you know, say, Hey, we're opening the doors. Now it's on you guys to make it work. They have right. to really have that strong game plan. Um, as to everyone who tables, you know, we have to have that game plan of, of how, how am I going to make customers feel comfortable coming up to me if they're a little uneasy? Because, you know, you got to respect everyone, in my opinion, whether it's the people that, you know, are ready for it to go to 100% back to normal and they come up to me like it's back to normal. I got to be ready for that. I can't put them in off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I can't. Yeah. And you know, Ryan, it happens. It literally happens. You know, people I come up give, as they're I talking. Give Jerry, I always give Jerry Duggan credit for being ahead of the curve because Jerry has been fist bumping at cons and signings for like yeah. a decade. <laughs> like, you know, I Jerry, believe, you know, going yeah. for the hug, Jerry will Jerry will give me a, a fist to bump because yeah, dude, Elvis, no, yeah. You know. I blame I blame my father for not being able to do that because he he was a preacher and as a young person, go shake everyone's hand. You know, you had it, you had, and my son's the same way. And, and now everyone that used to do fist bumps, I'm thinking like, oh, I, I wish I can get used to that, you know? And because it's, it's never, it's never the first thing or the second thing that even pops in my head. Yeah. It's usually shake hands or don't, you know, like that was, it's never like the in-between option, but it, there's that. But then, then the flip side of the customer or the fan that just got enough courage to not only buy the ticket, but to show up. I'm hoping that us as professionals will also treat the, you know, whether you want to call them paranoid or concerned or cautious, but, or overly cautious to your standards. Um, you know, what are we going to do for them? Am I going to remember, don't try to shake their hand. Am I going to remember, you know, to even have a hand sanitizer, you know, like yeah. just to have it. I, I, I know I will, you know, cause I, I've been thinking a lot about this, but I'm talking about the general, professional population how many people are going to it's going to be a tipping point where they can handle it for the first day but on a five you know fifth day show or a fourth day they're going to lose it and and part of part of us i don't i don't know about you know you three but i usually get insulted at least once a show and it's never on purpose you know it's, <laughs> but but it's one of those things that you know you know our our you know base um uh as a whole is very uh is a variety of individuals with a variety you know of um i don't know what i want to say yet but you know what i'm talking about (laughs) yes you guys can say those words uh but you know i i am very cautious i'm very considerate and i want everyone to feel well and i want everyone to leave my table happy and i'm hoping that others that are behind the booth will keep that in mind whether the fans do that or not. I'm hoping everyone does, but ultimately, you know, us uh, four, we're on one side of the table together. We're, we're, a, we're a band, you know, a family that has a united cause. They aren't, yes, we're all in the same part, but you know, we, I think first and foremost, we have to kind of keep ourselves accountable 
for how we're going to go to the shows. And, um, and if we can do that as a whole, then I think the fans will, will start coming back in, in full, you know, force because they know that they're going to have a good time. Sure. Well, I mean, the thing that I've always said about the whole, how is it going to be after the plague conventions were always public health nightmares, particularly New York comic con. Yeah. The Javits Center has five bathrooms per 100,000 people. It's, it's, it's the dumbest building I have ever been in in my life. And it's not like it was built in 1925, so they have an excuse. That nightmare's from the 70s. Will they do better this time? I hope so. Will there be fewer people there this time so that that number of bathrooms is appropriate? Who knows? Yeah. We all are always sick the Monday or yeah. Tuesday after the Concord. Yeah, Concord is the thing. Concord yeah. is the thing, yeah. you know. I think there's a certain degree I'll be fascinated the first big con I go to. Like, I don't think I would sit at my booth with a mask on, but from entering the front door to getting to my booth, I might yeah. put a mask on to move through that tight crowd at, in the lobby of San Diego Comic-Con. I think, I think I'm with you. them have masks on be they stormtrooper masks or domino right. you know whatever they've got on so there's yeah. a there's a certain amount of masking that's de facto at a comic book convention uh, uh, it'll be interesting to me to see how people process all like i said i don't think i would sit behind my table five feet away from someone anyway with a mask on that seems a little i'm vaccinated i'm yeah i feel relatively safe about that i i will put my mask or somewhere ready on a on a side chair where if someone comes up and they're masked, right? I will probably put that part on just out yeah. of the respect for them. Um, I am one hundred percent, one hundred percent going to be walking through the hallways uh, with a mask on. Yeah. And what this pandemic has taught me um, is that I can avoid being sick at cons. Just how you guys were talking about that concert, I actually can why when I'm going through the hundreds of thousands of people that, you know, over the course of, you know, five days, four days, if I just wear my mask, I'm not going to get sick or sure. less likely to get sick. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think there's, so, the, there's the degree to which masks may be with us to stay, not in the same sense you know. of they are in Asia, but I do mm -hmm. think a certain amount of, you know, people of moderate intelligence are going to hit, October and go, I didn't get a cold last year for the first time in my entire goddamn life. Maybe I should wear this thing to the grocery store, to school, to work. You know, maybe I shouldn't, maybe this isn't such a terrible idea to not get the flu this one time. Yeah. Well, well here's the thing. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, then you have the people in my area that are like, it's bad for your immune system that you're not getting sick, which drives me crazy. But when it comes to speaking of like masks and big places, I took, I risked taking Wyatt out to a couple of indoor places for the first time in a while. And when I took him to an aquarium in Connecticut, you know, it's mostly kids that go into that place with their parents. And I was masked and Wyatt was masked, but I would say it was 50-50 with people coming in without masks for their kids and they were handing the masks out for the kids and they would put them on and they would take them off and that would be it. So it didn't feel safe in there. But when I went to New York, I went to the Natural History Museum and everyone was masked. The exception was people without the masks. There was like maybe two people in that whole museum and it was pretty crowded and they still had a reduced amount of people there. 
all the kids were masked, all the adults were masked, and they had closed down all the food places inside so that you couldn't take your mask off to eat, which I thought was a good idea because usually when you go into that museum, you're stuck inside. You can't come in and out. And so it was nice to be able to actually go outside and get that like break from the crowds and the noise, especially for Wyatt because he wasn't he hasn't been around people like that. He's not used to that noise, that cacophony that happens, and then go back in and keep enjoying it. So I'm wondering um, if conventions are going to try to do anything different when it comes to how people eat when you go yeah, into yeah. them to try to make that safer or not. Because like at yeah. the aquarium, and that, and that food is another public health word. Well, that's yeah. yeah. Like, at the aquarium, like I got my food and took it outside to eat. Terrible, terrible yeah. food. Yeah, I was just well, that, at the Rose. I was at the Rose Ball flea market uh, Sunday yesterday, and it was striking. None of the snack bars were open. None of the the pretzels guys weren't there. It was like, if you want to eat something, get your hand stamped. Go drive somewhere else, eat something, and come back. Like, there's no, we're not letting you walk around eating. And again, it was like fifty fifty masked, unmasked. Um, you know, but it's you know you, that's outside. You, it's a different thing, and you don't know, and you don't know who's vaccinated nowadays. You know, because if yeah. if you're vaccinated, you know, every I went to Vegas. Uh, we took a family trip to Vegas, and for us, we were just going to go to Gordon Ramsay Steak, lay by a pool, and take my son, uh, yeah. you know, to some water slide. We weren't actually doing you know anything else than that. We were you know very outside. We wore a mask anytime we were inside. Um, and, uh, but no one else had to, you know, you, you didn't have to. And, and it was after everyone had their, you know, shots and things like that. So you, you got it. It's, it's starting to get back into it. And it's that one thing that, you know, Carla brought up, it's all the variables, all the little details that we talked about earlier is what's going to make or break these shows. If they're thinking, well, you know, we can't require, we can't do this, but we're going to have hand sanitizers. Like, great. That's a, that's a step up. That should be at every con anyways, because of con crud. I mean, that should just be a huge thing for public you know, health. I think again, what this taught us is that we actually haven't been safe of just keeping people yeah, healthy, not, at all. not, not COVID yeah. healthy, just healthy. Um, yeah. That the way we pack in people for food and the way we eat, I hate eating uh, at um, any convention period. You know, there's, uh, unless it has a green room and even when I go into the green room, you know, at cons, which I'm very thankful for, but boy, oh, yeah. I cannot stand some of the other, other professionals that use it as, you know, their own private, you know, VIP, you know, type of thing. It's like, look, grab your food, eat your food, enjoy your food, throw it away and then go back, go back to work. Like I've, I've been in there where, you know, it's the same people over and over again when I'm just going from like you know, one panel, grab a quick water, go, go to another panel. Same people are in there the whole time. And I'm thinking, go to your booth, man. <laughs> you know, like, I, get out I of here. I always love con green rooms because it's the one place you can see an actor who hasn't worked in 30 years treat a best-selling author like they're, uh, like they're a loser. That's, that's my, <laughs> that's my personal favorite. Literally their entire yeah. career is signing autographs based on some work they did for about three weeks, 25 years ago. And there's someone on the New York times bestseller list. And they're like, you know, you're a peon. It's like, mm, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know that I, being I, the third generation of Power Rangers makes you the most powerful man in Hollywood, but I, I actually remember seeing Tim Thomerson like light a, a, a comic book creator on fire uh, uh, probably about eight years ago. It was not pretty. Um, 
the uh, uh, I think we've all seen that. The, the Concord thing is so funny because I, I'm sitting here thinking while you guys are talking, and like I remember cons based on who got sick. You know, I was going through, <laughs> oh, no. and I'm like, oh, I, you know, I'm like, oh, Baltimore Comic Con 2019. That was where Erica Schultz got uh, ended up with pneumonia afterwards. Uh, oh my god, did uh, she? Uh, you know, uh, uh, San Diego Comic Con 2019. That's where Russell was really sick and was elbow bumping people. And um, you know, it's it, 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 th th there's like a you know there's a list, and we all we, we all remember the same people being sick, but it's like that's what it was. But 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 you're right, Avalone, in that um, in that it, it is amazing that we have not. We've all not been sick for like eighteen months, and uh, and 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 Carla, I know you you know this very well, and and, and Baron, you have kids too, so so you, you can fit right in. But you know, my my kid is is in a, a daycare, and so one kid gets sick, they all get sick, and so my daughter was sick once a month for for you know she's four and a half now. She's been sick once a month her entire life, which means that I've been sick once a month her entire <laughs> life because she's up in my face all the time. Um, <clears throat> and and I was a guy who before I had had kids I never got sick you know I got sick one time in like in, in the you know thirty plus years that uh, uh before I had kids um and I, I I've been sick you know I was sick once a month for like the first you know whatever three and a half years of her life and now I, I have basically not been sick uh since this whole thing so you know that is this this minor miracle um I mean I love like you said that this has now given us permission to wear masks like. Yeah you know, whenever and wherever. I mean, I think we needed that, you know, before, like, I was like, ha ha, SARS guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> look at that idiot, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was, it, it, and, and that that's, you know, now like that's absurd, of course. Like, like, yeah. no, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, but I feel like culturally we needed that. There was this hump that we had to get over where it's like, this is not, you know, you, you can be wearing a mask five years from now and nobody's gonna, you know, nobody's gonna think, you know, ill of you. And in fact, like, you know, I mean, hopefully this is a, an isolated incident. We don't have to keep doing it. But I guess this is my fear is like, you know, um, I mean, th th this is a weird analogy. And I apologize for it in advance, which means maybe I should stop talking. However, um, <laughs> uh, not, you know, 9-11 happens. Security is really tight everywhere. You got guys with machine guns standing outside the subways, uh, blah, 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 blah. Now, you know, like... On a macro level, things have really tightened up. On a on a micro level, maybe not so much. They've kind of gone back to normal. And so my worry uh, is that you know we are now in this situation where we have the guys with machine guns standing outside the uh, the the subway. But when and at what pace do things go back to normal? You know what I'm saying? Like um, uh, uh, humans humans can forget very easily. You know what I'm saying? If if, if something is not practiced, you get away from it. Uh, uh, right. when something else is reinforced, um, that becomes, you know, we talk about the new normal. Well, that new normal can change very quickly if, 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 if we're not worried anymore. Um, yeah. it, it, you know, so, so my worry is that two years from now, we're back on the show being like, yeah, nobody's wearing masks anymore. And, and everybody said, fuck this. <laughs> This, yeah, this I, is this. Oh, go ahead, Carla. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say like with the masks, I'm supposed to be going to Megacon in Florida and I'm actually like, I'm a little worried about what it's going to be like there with the masks. I, I know that state isn't the best with it. And my husband's aunt is very anti-mask and she's very anti-vaccine. And she keeps, every time she sees pictures of my son, when I have him with a mask on, she's sending us information about how we're poisoning him with, with carbon dioxide. With masks. Oh, yeah, wow. with masks. She's like, every single time. 
is sending us stuff. So I'm just like, am I going to be the only one at this convention with a mask on? I just don't know. I've never been to a convention in Florida. What? I said all those surgeons that die every year from carbon dioxide well, overload. Exactly. <laughs> they pass out exactly. Face down on the floor of the OR because they have a mask yep. on. It's a, it's a, it's a terrible I know. Story. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. All yeah. the house painters that wear them, you know, yeah. the whole day. The world is I mean, full of people yeah. that. Uh, all the cosplayers? All yeah. the cosplayers. Yeah. yeah. The, the 501st Legion has been walking around with masks on for eight hours a day for. Yeah years or her life i want to go back to what rylan was talking about that and, and and ultimately what we were talking about a long time ago which is it's up to us as professionals to set that new normal and, mm -hmm. if, and if we don't overreact but we do react in a responsible way we can get people to be a little bit healthier and safer in our profession because ultimately it's up to us to run our profession not others so like professionals hey professionals if you come and you got sick at the con, put a mask on, help us out. One, we'll know not to co-shake your hand because you're sick. And right. two, you're not gonna help spread it around because the problem is, is that we talked about being pot committed to every convention where we have, we booked out time, we gave out money, uh, we made arrangements, we, we gave um, commitments where we don't wanna break because we feel bad because other people put money out for us to be there. Okay, so you don't want to say, sorry, I'm sick. I can't show up today because of all the disappointment that you might cause. Put your mask on. Let other mm -hmm. people know that you're sick. And I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about just in general. You know, and now maybe we can eliminate cod crud. Maybe we can actually help just the, the thought process of how we want to uh, interact with everybody. And then if this, you know, hopefully never happens again, but does, we're already prepared to be a little bit more proactive um, where it's not going to dismantle, you know, you know, what have I've had so many, uh, uh, friends that had have, you know, pencils down this whole time. I mean, they've, they've been only doing sketches or doing nothing. And, um, it's, they're not necessarily the most organized people to kind of make their use of their own free time. So they're, they don't know what to do. You know, they've watched a lot mm -hmm. of TV. This, this could have gone even worse, you know, for oh, the yeah. comic book industry. Um, there was a lot of programs that came out and really helped those people that couldn't figure out how to uh, get a paycheck for a while. The stores is the same way. So, um, and we're still transitioning. There's, we're still not out of the comic book industry. We're still not out of it. Uh, we have to see if cons have enough money to bounce back. Who knows what actual debt some of these shows are actually in that won't recover from. Maybe they're trying to. Was that gonna raise prices skyrocketing for everybody? Right. Um, and then counter that, that means no one shows up, which means we're not coming back. Yep. It's, mm -hmm. it's, we're still in a, part of the reason I'm excited to go back to shows is to help other people. You know, and I'm not saying like I'm a huge name, um, but you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to be on some big books that seems to have a lot of fans, you know, what autographs on. Um, so that's part of the reason why I'm willing to go back out there. I got vaccinated. I feel safe. Now it's all the little details that we've been talking about this last hour. Is that going to work out? Is my plane flight going to feel worth it? Is my, you know, uh, cab or Uber ride going to feel worth it? Is my hotel stay going to feel worth it? When I get to the show is the way I need to use a restroom or eat at the show going to feel worth it. There's so many, you know, 
uh, minute details that will add up for our experience as professionals um, to know if it's worth it for not just 2021 because that this this year's almost over. I mean, let's let's face it, we're yeah. at, at the for the con season. You're booked and everything's kind of going. It's the next year. Are we going to actually go through it, or are we going to shut down really as as a profession uh, for another con year and wait till 2023? Because uh, it's really our experience when you go to Florida and when I go to New York and when we go to LA later in the year uh, and even Ontario, what are those experiences going to happen? Because if they're positive experiences, I guarantee 2022 is going to be great. If they're negative experiences, 2022 could be so-so to non-existent for most professionals. Because one thing that we do very well is we talk to our friends, you know, uh, openly about how we feel about things. I, th I think that, you know, to the point of like going back to normal and people, the Ryland's point about like people forgetting immediately what the past was. I do think that a year and a half of this stuff, there are people who are never going to wash their hands for less than 20 seconds ever again. You know what I mean? There are people, people developed habits, you know, of not uh, washing their hands, yeah, of washing their hands before eating of not touching their face as much as not, you know, there are things that people learn and yeah, they might unlearn those things, but a year and a half is a long time to keep up habits. And for those habits to get unlearned also takes a lot of time. And you just kind of hope that the, the mass of us who learned those habits and will continue those like masks. I'm fully vaccinated. I walked past a sign that says masks required unless you're vaccinated. I put mine on anyway when I walk into a place where the employees have to wear masks because I think that's polite. If they have to do it, I what's the big deal? They're there eight hours. I'm going to be in there 20 seconds face-to-face -face with them paying my check or whatever. They might as well be face-to-face -face with someone wearing a mask. It's a small thing, but I think that, you know, as you said, David, you know, we teach by example. We lead by example, and people – seeing us behave certain ways and seeing their fellow Americans behave certain <laughs> ways. Uh, you know, as, as Ryland was saying about, you know, not Americans not wearing masks because it was weird and embarrassing and whatever. There are definitely still people who are going to point at you and say, why are you wearing a mask? You're poisoning yourself with carbon dioxide because, you know, <laughs> a solid 25 to 30% of Americans have trouble with, you know, science. And that, you know, no, that's, that number has been the same all the way through history. That's like the number of people who will not believe what they're told for regardless of the reasons behind it, that number doesn't change. Uh, definitely a lot of them, you know, some of them have died in the last year and a half, but it's, it's about the 75% remembering to behave responsibly, to set a good example, to keep up the good habits. And that's, that's really all we can do is, you know, hope that the solid majority stays sane and follows the science and takes their vaccines and wears their mask when they need to uh, and wears it when, wears it when it's courteous. Because again, it's that, it's the funny thing of like treating wearing two ounces of fabric over your mouth and nose like it's like you've been asked to put on a pressure suit and do an and do an EVA in deep space. It's like, it's no, it's it's just this little thing, man. It's not, 
you're not strapping a 20 pound oxygen tank to your back and you know i am exiting the vehicle it's you know, like that's not what's happening you're literally it's fascinating how the bare minimum can become a thing and it's i'm glad that it's easy to do the bare, bare minimum i'm glad that i can walk into a supermarket put a mask on and not be like oh the pain the suffering you know uh yeah. i i it's it's good that it's something that's that easy you know. I just hope that again we all have patience with the con promoters and everybody because they are they're hearing from everybody. No, they're sure. not just hearing from us. Uh, that you know we, we're four like-minded individuals, um, but there are other people that are on the complete opposite side of us that think we're all nuts, um, and they have to deal with everybody because it is a business. Then they have to deal with the fans, and they have to deal with you know other type of vendors, and I feel like we have to show them patience. Obviously you can speak up if you feel uncomfortable or uneasy about something and say, look, I don't know if I'll come back if, if this happens, but I hope yep. that no one is openly going to um, uh, be loud with them or, you know, very public with them as well. I mean, cause we've seen it all before, you know, where something goes wrong and, and someone again, loses, loses, you know, they, they boil over, they lose their temper. And, um, and it's, it's just not going to be healthy for us as a profession if that's the experience that we come back to instantly. And I think a lot of it is on us that go. And the fact that we're all wanting to go, no matter what side you're thinking you're at, means that we have a common goal. And I just yeah. hope people realize that common goal is more important than our individual, you know, um, ideologies. And, and again, sure. we're four like-minded people. I just, you know, I, I hear others uh, that are like-minded except for the fact that they are less tolerant. So, you know, they are like, no, if that person doesn't do it, throw them, you know, out or, you know, shame them publicly. And I'm not a big, you know, shamer because um, I don't really think that helps a lot. I think change really, you know, um, goes as you guys are saying, about more example you know just keep openly being an example of what you think and that goes back to again if you're sick put a mask on you know don't shake hands i, I think i think you're right uh david that shaking hands is done i don't think i'll, I'll shake anyone's hand but again it's going to take it's going to take a little while for me to break that habit yeah. it will yeah no i mean there there are you definitely i think you have to hold organizations to account for mm -hmm. obeying laws for obeying laws set by the state. Uh, you know, my wife worked on a TV show I will not name uh, early on, you know, when we were just back in August of last year, when television production started up again, uh, she worked on a show that had terrible COVID procedures and people were getting sick and she walked and she wrote a letter, you know, she wrote an open letter to the producers of the show, to the Screen Actors Guild, to IOTSE, to friggin' Gavin Newsom just to say these people are not following, they're making people unsafe. They're going to get people sick, possibly killed. It need they need to be held to account. You can do that calmly and rationally. And I, I agree with you that particularly at a con, there's not a lot of uh there's not a lot to be gained from you know screaming at a random fan over it. But the organizers 
if the organizers are running an unsafe con, you absolutely need to tell them they're running an unsafe con, you know, and they need, they need to step up and, and, you know, and, and follow public health guidelines, you know, because there, yeah. there will be cons there. I, you know, I have friends who live in Florida who have gone to cons where they went, wow, like the, the, the rules are just being completely ignored here and nobody cares. Uh, and you don't, no one has the right to make you sick. No one has the right to put your life in danger. And if you show up at a con at a professional, as a professional, let's say in a state that still has a mask magnate and they've decided not to, they have decided not to honor it, you have every, every right to say, I'm, I'm gone. You know, you, you, there are laws, you're not following them. You're not obeying public health. And, and that's why, and that's the big point that, that you're not going to participate because yeah. it's much, it's much harder to have them police, especially like, so let's say San Diego Comic-Con, a hundred thousand people, you know, like one, you hope that they don't let that many people in, you know, right. you hope that, that, that the highways are, are further apart and it's not right. elbow to elbow. It's more, it's more new or it's, I, I'm, I'm hoping it is more San Diego Comic-Con of 1995, mm. not 2005 post twilight. You know, like I, right. I, I'm hoping you know, they are really going to take that part seriously. Same with when we go to New York. I hope they are not, you know, but with that said, that means that these people are making a lot less money than they're used to. Mm. And so things all change. So it, it's definitely, you know, um, you know, a very connected problem that right. isn't an easy solution. And that's why I talk about patience. I, I agree with you. No, you, no one should be allowed to make you sick. No one should be allowed to to um, you know, make you feel unsafe, but at the same time, you know, that's kind of the choice that we have to make as we go. Yeah. And I'm hoping the same way. I hope we are. I hope I get to come back. You know, from all my conventions and Carla and 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 both of you, that we all come back and say, no, that was actually a pretty good time. I felt good the whole time, um, and I can't wait to go back again. Sure, maybe I maybe I personally will do a couple things different, but overall you know, it was a good time. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm hoping because again, if it's a nightmare filled with just angry people, I'm tired of angry people. I'm tired yeah. of, of being, you know, um, upset <laughs> at, at someone else because of ultimately their opinion, whether it's flawed in science, you know, where it's just like, Oh, I don't agree with you. Like we talked about with, you know, you know, the, the mask, but it's, it's still one of those things that, you know, we just live in a day and age where everyone can share their opinion really easily. And um, I think the more that we don't, even when we think we're right, um, or when we are right, you know, when it, you know, such a thing, we don't share that as often. I think maybe they'll stop sharing just the insanity as well. Maybe I'm wrong. And, you know, maybe it will, it will get worse. But I think Comic Cons, um, is a, has always been a good um, gauge for society because I remember when Comic Cons were just for nerds and everyone looked at us like, "What are you doing?" And then San Diego Comic Con, Twilight came, all these young, you know, Twilight fans showed up and flooded, you know, to see is it Robert Patterson and and uh, Kristen Stewart? I mean, mm -hmm. they just wanted to see that. And they flooded it, and um, you know, and it never pop culture has never been the same since that day. 
it hasn't. And this is why we have thousands of comic cons across the world every year. Uh, when we used to have seven, you know, I mean, there used to be very little comic cons to go to. And there are a lot of them were, uh, you know, gaming cons or something like that, that, you know, would be, um, kind of a joint thing. But nowadays it's just, you, you, I can throw a rock and I will hit a comic con. Yeah. And well, uh, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. There, there was one in the, uh, the the parking lot of a liquor store that Carla went to recently. So. The evolution of it is fascinating to me. I'm I might be a little older. I went to my first con, I think, in 1978 or 79. I was 12 or 13 years old, 14 years old. And uh, I used to joke that when you go to a comic book convention, a uh, science fiction convention, really wasn't yep. a comic book convention yet. Science fiction was actually the umbrella under which you had comic books. Uh, there were more of those conventions. And that was even Star Trek conventions had expanded to include, like, well, let's call it a science fiction convention because half the people here for Star Trek also love Dune and Foundation right. and science fiction novel on there was so much sexist gatekeeping in comic book stores, in comic book spaces, that the, I would maintain from my personal experience of the world outside of conventions, there were just as many female fans as male fans. Female fans did not feel like those were places they were welcome. Right. And over time, that has changed to the degree where I look around a comic book convention now and I go, these fucking nerds have no idea how lucky they are. I would go to cons <laughs> in the 70s and 80s and there were, you know, 10. I used to joke there are two women, the one dressed as Red Sonia and the one not dressed as Red Sonia. Uh, I made that joke once in front of someone <laughs> about my age, and they said, and that woman was Wendy Penny, the one dressed as Red Sonia. And I went, holy shit, you're right. That was always Wendy Penny dressed as Red Sonia, the creator of ElfQuest, for those who don't recognize the name, who always used to come to conventions dressed as Red Sonia. But I think one of the great evolutions of the of the of the fandom in my lifetime has been the diversification of it, where it's not 300 variations of comic book guy in the showroom of a small hotel. Uh, you oh, know, yeah, the, you, you get, you get firefighters, police officers, uh, hell's angels. Uh, yeah. you get, you get, you know, the, the tiny, tiny, you know, classic comic book children. You, I mean, you get it. Yeah, you get everybody now. It it's wonderful. Everybody, everybody has loved this stuff always. It's just, the people that went to convention in the 70s and 80s were the small sliver of humanity that weren't ashamed of it. <laughs> Everyone else was... The fireman was reading the John Carter Warlord of Mars books. He didn't let his buddies see that he was reading the John... And now he's like, oh, I'm reading this thing. They made a movie out of it. Um, it's just a different... You know, now that nerd culture rules, you know, pop culture in general, people are... You know, people are are have the freedom to be proud of it and to say, I actually love this silly goddamn thing, you know. And the silly goddamn thing, as I always argue, is like it's, you know, someone was saying something about, you know, Marvel movies dumbing down the culture. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure they're all sitting around fifth century Greece going this Odyssey thing with the monsters and the witches. We should all be just reading Aristotle. This is garbage jesus with the gods that's such nonsense you know like how many people were sitting around norway you know 1500 years ago going thor is so fucking passe man that's so stupid how could you how could you care about thor and loki and odin that's so write an opera or something 
you know, but uh, I think it's a beautiful thing that we have now all sort of absorbed that gods and monsters and heroes and villains are the lifeblood of human culture. And everybody that tells you that it's not cinema, when you ask them, they will tell you they've seen one of the 60 movies that you're actually talking about uh, and have not actually bothered, you know, I love Martin Scorsese, but I think aside from Iron Man 2, I have yet to see a Marvel movie that bored me as much as The Departed did. Uh, and on that controversial note, <laughs> uh, we should, I like to, we like to wrap up by asking people uh, where they can be seen next, what they've got going on right now. Carla, why don't you start us off? Uh, so I'll be at a signing at Jaff Comics in Bethlehem. I want to say it's the third weekend in August, but I'll be, I'll be posting the details once I have it. And then I'm, if I can figure out the hotel and flights, I'll be at Megacon in August, which is coming up pretty quickly. Um, Where's Megacon? Is it Megacon's the in Orlando? It's at the convention center in Orlando. I'm talking to my publisher about possibly doing an exclusive cover for issue two nice. to see, you know, just how that would uh, work. Cause I've, I've been on, you know, some of my friends on Instagram are like, you're literally everywhere, everywhere we look, you're on like every podcast lately. Cause I'm just like, Hey, you want to talk to me? <laughs> Come look out. Thing. I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Cause like the, where the area where I'm at, there's only three stores that have my book, which probably, you know, might sound like a lot, but with the area I'm in, it's like, it's Scranton, which is over an hour away. And then there's Bethlehem, which is over an hour away. And then there's Philly, which is two hours away. And all the other smaller stores that are like 45 minutes away, none of them carried it. Um, so I'm still trying to figure out signings other than that one at Jaff. And I'm looking at Sci-Fi Valley Con, which is like a smaller convention in Pennsylvania and Altoona. But it looks like it has nice. a decent number of celebrity guests. Like it's going to have John Noble. And I love him. A couple of other people that I think are cool on the See table. If that sand person is coming back. Yeah, <laughs> sand person coming back. You can do a duet with them because that would be great. Yeah. Pennsylvania's number sweet. one sand person cosplayer. Get his name. Yeah. Yeah. I should. Four, I should have his name. Four with him because he's great. This one is going to be a W hall, so there's yeah. you know it's, it's it's a step up. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and where can people find you on the internet? Uh, so my handle's right there, Museums by Crazed, for Twitter and Instagram. And then my name uh, is my website. And then I'm also on Facebook under duplicate slash duplicate comic. Great. And David Barron, sir? You can uh, sign up for my website. That's going to be launching very soon at davidbarron.co. Uh, you can also uh, find me. I think that's my Instagram. I think my Twitter is my zombies. Um, I'll be at New York Comic Con. I'll be on uh, out in Ontario uh, for their convention. I plan to be at LA Comic Con um, and booking a ton of others. We have we have a ton ready to book. Um, I was a colorist for uh, Slow City Blues, which was um, just crowdfunded for uh, on Zoop. I don't know if you guys heard Zoop. Zoop is the new uh, comic book only crowdfunding uh, source. Um, I had, yeah, I had a, a friend that started that company and they actually got a hold of my writer and artist friends uh, that I was working with, uh, didn't even know he was doing it. You know, they, it was all just like a happy, you know, uh, family coincidence. Like, Hey, hey you're working with him. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, I'm working on a DC comics, black label book, uh, swamp thing with Jeff Lemire and Doug Monkey. Uh, nice. so that'll be really cool to, uh, have that coming out. Um, I'm working on Stain Volume 2 with uh, Carl Mozart. Uh, cool. 
And I've uh, been working a lot on Batman with him as well. Uh, but him and I are going to do a creator own together of Stain Volume 2. Uh, and then again, they'll be able to see my uh, writing in uh, The Cobblestone Chronicles uh, with art by Elisa Wiki. Uh, and she's really awesome. So I'm really excited to people to see that. That is a true fact. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, if you're into soccer, you'll probably see me on a soccer field with my son. That's about it. That, <laughs> that's where I plan to be. If it's not cons, it's, it'll be on a soccer field and just kind of enjoying life. Nice. Thank you, David. Holding, and Riley? Holding Barcon, holding Barcon on the soccer field. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but Two separate things. <laughs> check out stain stained is awesome uh you know everybody everybody knows you know i mean david Barron is a hall of fame colorist obviously uh but he creates really amazing comic books he's a an amazing writer stained is awesome check it out i can't wait for uh for the second volume uh duplicate is incredible also uh i've i've uh I, i've you know been with carla you know uh, uh the whole time watched her kind of create it from nothing and it's a great book it's about an organ pandemic. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, good timing. Making, yeah, yeah, it's very good timing. Uh, uh, there is some interesting commentary on our current situation in the book. Uh, uh, very, you know, sort of prescient and uh, and interesting. So, both of these books are great. Uh, uh, check those out. Um, uh, I uh, can be found on all forms of social media at Ryland Grant. That is R Y L E N D G R A N T. I always spell it because it's not a real name. My parents drunkenly arranged letters, and so now I have to spell it for you. <laughs> As I always say, uh, at Ryland Grant, um, my books, uh, the Ringo Award-winning Aberrants and the four-time Ringo-nominated Banjax are available in fine comic shops everywhere uh, and on Amazon and Comixology. And my latest and greatest uh, uh, comic fit, a uh, tokusatsu joint called Suicide Jockeys, which, again, is essentially Fast and the Furious meets Voltron uh, with, you know, some good kind of character drama uh, slipped in there um, for all you high-minded folks. Um, it is available now for pre-order uh, via your local comic shops. So go down there, tell me what the whole series uh, starts dropping in August. Um, my Fargo West crime drama, The Peacekeepers, and my uh, um, astral projection thriller, The Jump, are available right now via uh, Backerkit. If you go to thejump2.backerkit.com, the jump one word um and the number two uh you'll find all that stuff there um as well as signed copies of aberrant and banjax and exclusive con variants that you can only get there um i think that's everything i have going on though i'm i'm still reeling i'm still uh i'm i still feel uh you know kicked in the teeth over the cheesy poofs thing over the and, cheesy, and, yeah I just don't like <laughs> and that you know and that and then we, we were on our way out i was getting over it and then you chose to disparage one of the great boston films uh, uh. and uh, and I'm, uh, wow. and I'm, I'm, I'm having a tough time with it. So, uh, uh. so you know, you, you know, I, 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 I sometimes that animatronic play, rat man. Uh. I sometimes <laughs> play, you know, I, 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 I have cut, uh, I've cut the departed down to just the Wahlberg, uh, um, uh, and Baldwin scenes, and I play them. Uh, sure, I, I that's a that's uh, a, I have you know my theory about Alec about uh, I'll watch Mark Wahlberg movies if he's not playing a character that graduated high school. <laughs> I need to. I need to believe in him as a character. I can believe that the character in that movie didn't grad. When he plays a an <clears throat> astronaut, you know, with a math degree, or a yeah. doctor, or sure. a CIA agent, I'm like, no, no. Okay. Yeah. If he's I'm, the I'm, janitor I'm, I'm, at the CIA, I might, I could go with I'm, that. But. I'm having some trouble right now, but but, <laughs> I, I'll, 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 <laughs> but David, 
David, so so is it so what do you choose? The departed or the Snyder cut? Which one? Oh, the departed in a in a heartbeat. Okay. Now I mean, now I understand. Now we're good. Now go I mean, to the worst keep Scorsese out the, movie the is still the worst okay. Scorsese movie is still just great. You know, like I just had to make sure because I enjoyed The Departed. I enjoyed so I, <laughs> I, I, I needed I to know where it. I stood. Here's yeah. the thing: while we, if we want to get into Scorsese for just a minute, I enjoyed The Departed, but it's the most pedestrian thing he's ever made. Even Gangs of New York and The Silence, which are not good, have stuck with me and haunted me, and I remember scenes from them. Really, you know, they they've stayed with me, even though they're not good movies. The Departed, I'm like. That was a really great Law and Order episode. Uh, that that, uh, that uh, for some reason Martin Scorsese needed to make a Law and Order episode. Fun fact: I worked on Law and Order. That's all good. Oh, nice. This this but, is why cons need to come back because we have this is bar talk now. This is after yeah, con talk because next time we're actually I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bore you know people watching us right now you know with this talk. But when we're next at a bar. I'm going to bring up why you don't like those movies because I love Kings of New York, but uh, I, I don't tell me now. No, don't yeah, wait no, for the bar. But as filmmaking, they are absolutely stunning and unforgettable without being good storytelling. That's all I'll say for me personally. And again, one of my, and Rylan knows this about me, one of my absolute unshakable tenets is people are allowed to love what they love and hate what they hate. And none of it has to line up with what I love or hate. I, I never understand that. Like, oh, you don't like that? How nice for you. Like, I don't, I don't care. You don't have to like anything I like. As long as they still, <laughs> as long as you're not liking it doesn't stop them from making the stuff that I like, hate it all you want. That's fantastic. Um, and vice versa. But uh, as far as, I've got Elvira meets Vincent Price coming August 4th in your local comic book store. It is now officially too late for you to tell your local comic book uh, store owner to order it. So I hope they did. Um, the Kickstarter for uh, Elvira, The Wrath of Khan, which is uh, Elvira at San Diego comic pop culture palooza. I can't even remember what I called it anymore. Um, which is with art by uh, the great Dave Acosta. Uh, that Kickstarter should be running now. I think they told me it starts July. What is today? I think it should have started on July 13th or 14th. So you can probably look that up and contribute to it. Uh, there will be more coming from me and Kevin Eastman in the near future, but that's all still under wraps. And even yet more Elvira coming <laughs> from me in the future. If you're looking for me, I can be found at uh, davidavalonefreelance.com. And that branches off to all of the things, the Twitters and the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the Amazon author page. I also, last thing, I do one other pulp, uh, pop, podcast called Pulp Today, uh, where I read from classic pulp fiction, sometimes with a guest reading with me, and talk about it a little bit while I day drink, because that's like the one through line I like to have in all my podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us, David and Carla. Thank you for being such great guests. We'll see you on the next exciting episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having us on.
If you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to smash that like button. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or other fine purveyors of ear crack, please leave us a five-star review. And wherever you're watching and or listening, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We'll see you back here next week for more madcap hijinks on the Writer's Block. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.